Mcdell or Dolan in Tremor. The barrel land or the silver sands or a marquee in Tullamore. I wanna go back, take me back to where I wanna be. Take me back again in time. It's forever on my mind. Take me back to where it all began for me. Lovely girls we met when you made bed from every corner of the globe. From the hitching post to the last outpost, some have no fixed abode. From the Golden Vale to Emmy Vale, where a blonde had her eye on me. Down to Cabo White, where a farmer's wife wanted Betsy home for tea. Well, those times are gone, and it wasn't long till they were just a memory. The halls up there in the full of wares like videos and TVs. I've settled down and made a few pounds, but each Sunday as the clock strikes eight, I think it's time that the world was mine back in 1968. I wanna go back, take me back to where I wanna be. Take me back again in time. It's forever on my mind. Take me back to where it all began for me. listeners. A um, little bit of a change of pace for all of the listeners this morning. You might notice I don't quite sound as uh, deep-voiced as the usual hosts. Uh, it's Yvonne Morley here filling in for Mark and Ken as they're away on their travels. Uh, probably celebrating at the moment because I've just taken a look there and it looks like it's a final result for Ireland and Scotland. So uh, one game to go and a potential Grand Slam for Ireland and the Six Nations. So uh, no doubt a, a pint or two will be had in Dublin tonight. Uh Hoping the lads are having a great time. Um, so in studio today, as I said, Yvonne um, hitting the airwaves for the hour uh, this Saturday morning. Um, and March Madness has hit upon us, of course. Uh, lots of St. Patrick's Day festivities uh, taking place around the town. Um, it all started off last week, of course, with the Irish Person of the Year luncheon, uh, which was preceded by the uh, Irish flag raising. And so Diane Flanagan, who was representing the Darkness into Light and Solace Walk, uh, raised the flag, of course, over City Hall and a proud moment for all of us Irish in the city. And uh, a lovely afternoon at the Irish Person of the Year luncheon where um, Paddy Canavan was honoured for his, you know, all of his service to the Irish community. Um, I'd say it was a real family affair because uh, I think anyone who knows the Canavans, kind of once you get one of them signed up, you get all of them signed up, a bit like the Morleys. But um, uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful afternoon um, and a super congratulations to Cormac Monaghan and all of his committee, uh, Shane, Angela, Emery, uh, and Kitty. Uh, it was a wonderful day, and uh, definitely, I have to say, Hugo uh, kind of elevated things for us. He uh, 
did a lot of signs, so it looked kind of like a political rally. And so anyone who knows Patty Canavan, uh, he spent some time as an alderman. And so when he came in, um, everyone kind of shared their signs. And, um, you know, it was a wonderful day and a great kickoff to what's going to be a a great few weeks of uh, everything Irish and celebrating it here in the city. A uh, bit of controversy, of course, with the uh, the change of the menu. First time in about 20 years. Uh, we were told it was uh, due to, uh, you know, being politically aware of what was happening in Ireland with the bread shortage. So the uh, bread pudding was taken off the menu just, you know, to be sensitive to those that couldn't get a slice of bread back, uh, back in Ireland. But uh, a wonderful day. And um, we're going to play this next tune. Hugo, of course, uh, performed a little bit. And those of us uh, around that saw the wonderful play he was in uh, last autumn where he uh, did a great rendition of Joe Dolan. And, of course, anyone who listens to the show knows how popular Joe Dolan is in our house. So we're going to play a little Joe um, just again in tribute to Patty and Hugo and Cormac and everyone who had a great afternoon at the Irish Person of the Year Luncheon.
the Quinn family invite you to visit downtown Toronto's oasis of Irish hospitality at the Irish Embassy, 49 Young Street at Wellington, and PJ O'Brien's at 39 Colborne, just behind the King Edward Hotel. The Irish Embassy, a landmark of classic architecture, is your downtown destination for drinks, snacks, lunch, or dinner. Call 416-866-8282. And just around the corner, enjoy the local pub atmosphere of PJ O'Brien's, serving the best in pub fare and also your downtown venue for an intimate evening dinner. PJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday night. Call PJ's at 416-815-7562. All right, great stuff. And now on the line, uh, joining us all the way from uh, cold and northern Ottawa, Ontario, we have Desmond DeVoy with the news from home. Thank you very much for that, Ms. Morley. Great to have you on the show. You're sounding good. And good morning, folks. Desmond DeVoy here with the news from Ireland for this week. The news is brought to you by our good friends at Aer Lingus. Here are the top stories that have been making headlines in Ireland. Our top story this morning. The snow has stopped falling across Ireland and the country is continuing to dig out from underneath the beast from the east. But the fallout continues this week. The mighty snowstorm saw thousands of people without water this week and restrictions in other parts of the country. Irish Water reported that 23,000 people were without water in counties Cork, Wexford and Tipperary because of burst pipes due to freezing temperatures, according to RTE News. Another 39,000 customers in Cork, Kerry, Watford, Galway... Mayo, Leitrim, Kildare, Longford, Mead and Westmead saw restricted supplies. People across the country were advised on Twitter to take shorter showers, not to run their dishwashers overnight and to fill up water to put aside in their fridge just in case. In Dublin alone, more than 111 million litres of water were lost in the capital city's reservoirs over three nights last weekend because of leaks. Water restrictions will be reduced in Dublin this weekend, but as of Friday, 12,750 homes and businesses remained without water countrywide and 27,484 have a restricted supply. However, good news, nine boil water notices have been lifted in counties Wexford and Waterford. Elsewhere, a do-not-drink order was in place in County Tipperary, affecting about 12,000 people after kerosene contaminated the water supply there after a tank burst. The Irish Independent reports that the cold weather has brought with it a surge in influenza hospitalizations. As many as 136 people have died from the flu during the freeze, and 614 patients are on trolleys in hospitals across the country. About 175 people have been hospitalized for the flu. Hospitals in Tullamore County, Offaly and Galway were also overcrowded this week. By Tuesday, the Irish Blood Transfusion Service had only two days' worth of O-negative blood on hand and three days' worth of other blood types after donor clinics were cancelled across the country because of the snowstorms depleting their supply. The service said it needed 7,000 donations between now and St. Patrick's weekend. But there was good news amidst the bad. The Herald is reporting that a soldier and a paramedic are being hailed as heroes after they brought a child four kilometres through the snow to get medical care. Corporal Steve Holloway and paramedic Declan Cunningham were called to take Logan Shepherd 7 to hospital. However, they were unable to get to, get to the Clearystown County Wexford home as the roads were impassable. They proceeded on foot. The house where Logan lived was without heat as the fuel line had broken in the generator and the electricity had gone off. The two men took Logan and walked through four feet of snow back to their Defence Forces vehicle. When the drifts were high, Holloway hiked Logan up on his shoulders. The two men started their journey at 11 p.m. 
and got to the hospital at 3 a.m. last Friday. In Justice News this morning, a series of raids this past Monday resulted in 11 arrests of six women and five men, including a referee ranging in age from ages 20s in their 20s to 70s. Homes in Limerick, Cork and Tipperary were raided. While Gardaí in Limerick, Clare and Cork released the 11 without charge, they have been questioned over alleged organised sex abuse of minors. The Irish Daily Mirror reports that there were allegedly 13 victims in the Newcastle West area of County Limerick alone, with dozens more possibly caught up in the alleged pedophile ring. The investigation continues, however, and files are being prepared for the Director of Public Prosecutions. The Irish Independent reported that those arrested were all part of an extended Munster family. A Gardaí source told the paper that they are dealing with, quote, the worst pedophile ring in the history of the state by allowing strangers to sexually abuse children, ranging in age from toddlers to age 12 for cash. The raids were the result of a year-long investigation by Gardaí. In legal news this morning, a legal ruling with a big impact on the abortion referendum, which the Varadkar government is determined to hold in late May. The Supreme Court ruled this week that the unborn has no rights under the Constitution other than the right to life enforced in the 1983 Eighth Amendment. The state was appealing a high court ruling, finding that the unborn have constitutional rights beyond the right to life, reported RTE News. The vote was unanimous amongst the seven justices. In a related story, Health Minister Simon Harris tabled the government's abortion bill in the dial on Friday and said he was looking into introducing a system of free contraception for all in an effort to reduce pregnancies. He added that he considers himself pro-life, but noted that, quote, abortion is already a reality in this country and that retaining the Eighth Amendment would, quote, not prevent it from happening. And finally, an update on a story we first told you about five years ago. Aaron Brady, 27, of Cross McGlen County, Armagh, has been charged with the murder of Garda Adrian Donahue in January of 2013. He will now face trial at the Central Criminal Court in Dublin. Donahue was shot during a botched robbery in the car park of a credit union in Bell Lurgan, County Louth. Brady has his second court appearance, had his second court appearance, rather, on Friday. And there you go. That was the news from Ireland for this week. The news is brought to you by our friends at Aer Lingus. Traveling to Ireland and Europe has never been easier with Aer Lingus' year-round direct service from Toronto to Dublin. With connections available from more than 10 Canadian cities to Dublin. Smart flies Aer Lingus. Find out more online at www.airlingus.com. That's www.airlingus.com. Now you're up to date. Now it's back to Toronto with the gang there at Keolangus Crack. So to next week, folks, Longo Foil. All the lights of London far behind the thoughts of home crowd in my mind familiar places been to view I see my home Soon I'll see you We'll talk to the old folk Oh, they're getting on We'll treat them to late nights And sing a few songs We'll talk out the neighbors 
in Canada, Guinness Hop House 13, all the way from the Open Gate Brewery at St. James Gate in Dublin. Double hopped for a more flavourful lager, from the first sip to the crisp finish. 
earning its name from the original Hop House 13 at St. James Gate. Available at select pubs and now arriving across Canada in 500ml cans. Guinness Hop House 13. More hops, more taste, more character. Great stuff. So uh, lots of great tunes there. Uh, that was uh, one of my personal favorites from Nathan Carter. Um, and of course, you know, Nathan, great singer, uh, loads of touring. Myself and my sister are heading off to London next weekend to see him live in London. So looking forward to that beautiful song, Home to Donegal. Um, but in studio now, I've got a couple of special guests with me. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, an exciting year uh, that is 2018 for the St. Pat's Hurlingham Football Club. Um, which, of course, is celebrating his 50th anniversary. And in studio, as I say, I've got a couple of our Stalworth members here, Coleman McSweeney, Dermot Ryan, uh, and John Morley. So welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Good stuff. Good stuff. So talking a bit about the year and, you know, of course, we know how important I know for me personally, you know, getting involved in the football club was. Um, but Coleman, tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, when you came to Toronto. What made you come and what made you stay? I'm from the town of McCroom in County Cork. That's roughly halfway between Killarney and City of Cork. Um, from a big family, from eight people in the family, eight children and father and mother and a couple of cousins and my grandmother. So it was rather cozy and a place that, well, when I graduated from university, it was a place to leave and head out somewhere. So I headed off to England for a couple of years and uh, then... At uh, 1969, I came to Canada. I, I was going to go to the States because my now wife, Kathy Fleming, at that time, she was living in the States and she was from the States. So I was going to go out there, but uh, if, once you landed in 1969, you would have been in Viet- Vietnam in a couple of months. So that wasn't a good idea. So I came to Canada and uh, arrived in Canada and just got uh, uh, stayed. First night I stayed in the uh, King Eddie following morning, I looked at the back of the door and discovered that I'd spent about half the money I'd brought to Canada and <laughs> ran up the street to the YMCA. And, uh, and the following morning, there was, uh, I went out for the shower. It was a communal shower. And my God, the bodies around that shower were performing and strutting. And I said, run back to your room and stay dirty. You, you, you stay safe. But, uh, Sounds like you had a, quite the start uh, in Toronto, and I, I hope it improved. <laughs> Yes, it did. I, I, I went out the following day, went to St. Mike's to Mass, and I bumped into Fang Sheehan and Ned Murphy, who I knew back in Cork. So from there, I went from there over to, and I stayed with uh, a lovely Mayo couple, uh, Willie Grimes and Anne, and that was kind of the start. That's where I met most of the people. And of course, the following Sunday morning, I was on the pitch for St. Pat's. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the start. Excellent stuff. And so you were, uh, as we like to do with the St. Pat's, we found we found new blood and straight onto the football field. Um, and so would you would you have played football and hurling or just football? It was just football I played. Mm. So, uh, all around the town that I came from was really, the town was football, but all the neighborhood around it, all the neighboring parishes, they were all hurling teams. So it was kind of strange that we didn't have any. Oh, right. And so in your playing days, how many years did you play with uh, with the Pats? Probably about four or five years. Mm-hmm. That was about maybe five or six years. Yeah. That was about it. And at the time, I know we were talking a bit off air about some of the kind of the clubs that aren't around anymore. But who who were your biggest rivals uh, at the time? Oh, there were there were really powerful clubs at that time. St. Pat's was founded in, in 1968, and uh, it it was really 
it was because there were just four foot GEA teams at that time. They were powerful teams. Mm-hmm. But there was that time, there were just as many players on the side of the field not playing that yeah. could have been on, on a normal team back in Ireland. So some of the guys from, um, there's a handful of guys from Gary Owen decided to set up St. Pat's. And then, uh, and then we, were, we had Gary Owen, we had St. Mike's, Clannagale, mm-hmm. and, uh, and St. Pat's. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm missing somebody, Vincent's, St. Vincent's, yep. that's right, I'm missing. So they were all powerful teams. And Pat's started off the first year, they, they reached the final in Hurling. So they were pretty good. That would give you an idea how much, how much talent was around to be able to set up a, fo- uh, a new club have two teams and arrive at the final. So it was pretty amazing. Yeah, a great start, absolutely. And as you said, uh, you know, the amount of talent and players that were available kind of in those in those times, in those years. And I suppose it's a little bit similar to today where, you know, the economic situation, thankfully, is improving in Ireland. But the last couple of years hasn't been great. But Ireland's loss has certainly been the St. Pat's gain, yeah. you know, building up the numbers and across the clubs, across the city. So, uh so it sounds like we're kind of coming full circle. But uh, any any big characters you remember or any any strong memories or trips or anything like that? Well, the, the strongest memory would be in, it was with St. Pat's was when, uh, when St. Pat's won the championship. It was the first time in hurling and in, in won, this, won uh, the, all, the all Canadian hurling championship. And they went on then to Chicago and there was a big celebration down there when they beat the the club in in Chicago, and finally went on to Boston, where they played the Boston Boston Galway. That team from Boston was uh, the Boston Galway team was made up almost like fifty percent of the of the Boston hurling team at the time. So they 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 lost that game, but it was not it was a very tight game. It was fun. It was a great time. It was a real celebration. It was amazing that we got to that far at that time. No, that's a that's fantastic, and I'm thinking about the current crop of players, and you know, traveling to the North Americans. The ladies went to San Fran last year, won the shield, and so you know, again, these stories threaded through, uh, you know, the generations, and you know, really, it's the camaraderie, the trips, winning the games. Of course, uh, always helps with the memories. But I thought we play a tune now, just uh, so I was looking back, kind of in 1968, which we know was the founding year of the club, and what were some of the number one. Songs and this one came up and it's by uh, Brendan O'Brien and the Dixies and of course Brendan's daughters are in the town and Brendan I believe is from Cork himself so I thought this would be a nice tie-in so uh, this is Little Arrows. There's a boy, a little boy, shooting arrows in the blue and he's aiming them at someone but the question is at who. Is it me or is it you? It's hard to tell until you're hit But you'll know it when they hit you Cause they hurt a little bit Here they come pouring out of the blue Little arrows for me and for you You're falling in love again You're falling in love again Little arrows in your clothing Little arrows in your hair Love, you'll find those little arrows everywhere. Little arrows that will hit you once and hit you once again. Little arrows that hit everybody every now and then. Some folks run 
and others hide, but there ain't nothing they can do. And some folks put on armor, but the arrows go straight through. So you see, there's no escape, so why not face it and admit that you love those little arrows when they hurt a little bit? Here they come, pouring out of the blue. Little arrows for me and for you. You're falling in love again. You're falling in love again. Little arrows in your clothing, little arrows in your hair. When you're in love, you'll find those little arrows everywhere. Little arrows that will hit you once and hit you once again. Little arrows that hit everybody every now and then. Here they come, pouring out of the blue. Little arrows for me and for you. You're falling in love again. You're falling in love again. Little arrows in your clothing, little arrows in your hair. When you're in love, you'll find those little arrows everywhere. Little arrows that will hit you once and hit you once again. Little arrows that hit everybody every now and then. Here they come, pouring out. Great stuff. So uh, a little throwback there to 1968. It's sort of the the theme of our uh, show this morning. Um, And next up, I'm going to be having a a chat with uh, Dermot Ryan. Um, So, of course, I know Dermot for a number of years, um, mostly through the Irish dancing. But, of course, uh, it really did all start with uh, with St. Pat's. So, Dermot, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, where you come from and what brought you to Toronto. From Tipperary, just outside Torlis, I came in 75. I had a brother out here, so I just wanted to try something different. So I came out here in January. Mm-hmm. I worked with Brendan Glavy in the cleaning. I worked in McVeigh's, and then I got a job from John Kelly in the printing printing house. Oh, very good. Uh, so McVeigh's. So uh, was McVeigh still quite the hot spot for the young Irish at that time? Yes, but it wasn't very unusual. It wasn't open on a Sunday, and the drinking rules were very different because I had worked in a pub in Ireland, so it was kind of... a uh, you couldn't carry a drink around if you wanted to move from table to table. The waiter had to carry the drink. Oh, my. Uh, I don't think that's the case today in McVeigh's. A uh, little little looser on the rules, I'd say. But uh, it's it's funny, again, as we said, you know, things in 1968 to 2018, a lot that's still the same. McVeigh's is still a very popular spot for a lot of the, the players in the town. So all coming together again. And so you came out in the late 70s. And when did you link up with St. Pat's? Probably in 78, the first two or three years I played with Sean Souths, and when they folded, then I went over to uh, St. Pat's. The old uh, inter-county transfer? <laughs> well, there was no transfer at the time, just the clubs ceased, say, so the players went to different teams. That's it. And uh, you, did you play predominantly hurling, or you played both? I played a bit of both. Good stuff. Goalkeeper in football. and. Oh, now uh, there's something. I've known Dermot for most of my... Uh, number of years we won't use the number on air but um i did not know that you were a goalie and funny so we um anyone of the listeners that might know a little bit about the family we've been family friends for a long time and again the threads of uh things that are the same my brother sean was also a goalie for saint pat so another thing that the ryans and morley's have in common um but you know you've been involved for a number of years so obviously you played for a long time and then uh i know with dad kind of in the late 90s and with lisa and sean you know getting involved in the minor program and you know what what were your kind of 
schools or, you know, how did you enjoy that kind of working with the kids? Oh, it was wonderful. I got to, you know, went to Buffalo. I had some trips there and it was great fun with the kids. Lisa didn't stay at it for too long afterwards, but I got to know a lot of the younger players that played with Kieran Ryan and obviously Sean and uh, some of the Kendys and the Grealishes and they get to meet them still and they remember, which is fun. Yeah. I mean, they were they were great times, really. And when you think about with St. Pat's as well, threading that back in, you know, it was the backbone of the team for the early 90s or sorry, the early 2000s. Those kids that came through that program, which kind of kept the club going in the lean time. So, you know, obviously the efforts of yourself, dad, you know, the the great Mickey Hamill, uh, lots of people that were around in those times, you know, introducing the games to those next generations, um, which was uh, fantastic. So in terms of your own playing days, what would you say was kind of your favorite memory or any big story or character you came across? Well, we went to New York for a trip, which was uh, very enjoyable. We didn't win because I think we had too much celebration before the game. But <laughs> we met Norbert Hennessy down there and we decided uh, when we came back, we used to bring the games up. He'd get the game out from Ireland. He'd show it on an Irish television in New York. He'd send it up here on a Tuesday. And I managed to get it converted. And we showed it down in the Blarney Stone on a Friday night. And we could get 30, 40 people to come and pay $5 to see something they knew the result of. Yeah. Now you watch it live in your house the same morning. Absolutely. It's amazing. I remember those days myself with the Irish Centre when that was going. Uh, not that we went ourselves. I suppose we were packaged off either to Irish dancing class or to mass. But, you know, the number of people that used to come down to the Irish Centre to watch the games and then come into Centennial Park to play. Um, and you think about it now, you get it right into your TV, as you say, the, the morning of the match or on your telephone or iPad. So it's amazing how technology has kind of helped everyone be closer to home, which is kind of amazing. Um, so with that, we just wanted to uh, maybe I'll play a little song here for uh, for Dermot. So as you mentioned, you're from the, the great county of Tipperary. And so this is Tipperary on my mind. Some company, alright. Sometimes it's hard to be alone. Well, you may say I live a memory that I might seek and never find. Well, maybe that is how it's meant to be, but I've got something on my mind. I'm living here in New York City now And I get lonesome now and then I'm dreaming one day life will carry me To Tipperary once again This dream got stronger with each passing day For love of what I've left behind these city lights won't in the memory of Tipperary on my mind. Well, 
would not like Baltimore. Big city strangers pass you by. There is no place on earth like home, sweet home. And out of sight's not out of mind. I'm living here in New York City now. And I get lonesome now and then. I'm dreaming one day life will carry me to Tipperary once again. This dream gets stronger with each passing day. For love of what I've left behind. These city lights won't dim the memory of Tipperary on my mind. These city lights won't dim the memory of Tipperary on my mind. Good stuff. And now we're back in uh, back in studio. And so I'm going to have a quick chat with our final guest here, uh, someone that I know quite well, uh, known for all my years. <laughs> and that would be my dad, uh, John Morley. Um, and of course, you know, dad's been very involved with the St. Pat's as a player, as a chairman, as a coach. Uh, you know, and certainly taking home a lot of the jerseys over the years, uh, as I knew to my own detriment, having to wash them a couple of times. But, uh, you know, as we said about the Canavans, the Morleys, you know, we've kind of been very much to the front of uh, all things St. Pat's for the last number of years. So, uh, but first of all, let's go way back to kind of when you came out from, uh, from of course, the great county of Mayo um, and how you got linked in with St. Pat's. Oh, well, I arrived here in 75, but... Uh my introduction to the GEA wasn't uh, that great. I said I went up to the field to Lawrence Park and was supposed to line out with uh, one of the clubs that asked me to line up. But I saw some of the uh, the gun-ons in the field and I decided, no, not for me. I said, I will take a break from this. So uh, anyhow, the following year, I was went away out to the Middle East uh, with a company to work down the Middle East for a, a while hoping to make some money and all the rest of it but uh, then arrived back in here again and I uh, think uh, to Ireland well I came back to Ireland married my wife Kathleen and uh, there's then returned to Canada and we set were to set up shop over here set up house and ran into Danny Gary and a few people on the plane on the way over and they had told me about uh, the that the GA was still going on and just a contact, give, give me a contact, and I signed up with the Pats lads, and uh, I was gone a little bit past my maybe better days if there were any, and but I enjoyed being a club person for sure, and like I didn't, I never shied away from working behind the scenes anyway, and that let's put it that way, and still am, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, Thank and all the friends we've met. And all the other clubs that we came across and uh, can still go out and socialise with them. And even last night at the Grand Marshals Ball, meeting some of the older members from the different clubs and and still be friends. I said, it's, uh, it's been a great, great time. And it's uh, I'm just glad that uh, uh, Pat survived all these years and, and all the other clubs that have survived. It, it has, we went through a very bad uh, eerie back when Ireland was booming we were suffering 
and thankfully our minor program which we as you talked to Dermot there we we were involved in that and and those people saved the clubs uh there and it's great to see it's great for the young people now that are, have arrived again and it's all there they don't have to work at it it's there for them and mm. i see all the social nights that's happening all around the town and it's great i like it Absolutely. And I think I think that's probably a very common theme. You know, we think about the 50th and celebrating, you know, all the all the great things that happen through the club. And of course, it's great to win. But I think my personal view has always been it's the friendships, it's the community, it's the people that you meet. It's the the nights out, the socializing, it's that home away from home. And I think that's really what a GA club outside of Ireland really does better probably than most organizations can. Um, and, you know, I think every one of us has that experience. You know, you've left home, you found you found a base when you kind of linked in with that uh, GA club and Friends for Life. And I know certainly with us, with the Ryan's mom, will tell the story of how she met um, Dermot's wife, Ina, in the, the ladies at a St. Pat's function. And that's, you know, 37 years ago um, and, you know, still friends to this day. And there's not too many communities that can really provide that. And I think that's what makes the GA special and certainly for us what made St. Pat's special. So... Mm. Just on, you know, talking about the 50th and what's happening. So the details, so uh, coming up. Yeah. Um, well, May the 12th, of course, we're having that uh, big function that we're going to have with all those people that we hope will return from Ireland, America and all the rest of it there. But uh, sorry to say that some of our members who have passed on uh, in the meantime and over the years, and it's, uh, Father Jerry Scott, of course, was uh, an original has passed away now. It just didn't make it to the 50th. And uh, other people that were around uh, in those days um, so just um, uh, haven't seen people like Mickey Hamill, of course, that was a great friend of everybody uh, had, that passed on. And oh, so many more. I'm sure we, if you went through a list, you could... Uh, Eamon O'Loughlin that sat in the studio was a great friend to mm-hmm. the Pats and the community there. Uh, so uh, John Malloy, originals, you know, um, you know, this didn't yeah. our memory lane is is has is has both sides to it. It's, it's a good and the bad, like a, yeah. a sad uh, memories too. And so I think I think that's what kind of makes a, a big anniversary like this a really special occasion to you know celebrate celebrate the great things that are happening, but also remembering the people that got us there, the people who unfortunately aren't with us anymore. And of course, they're going to be remembered on the night. And Father Jerry, that you mentioned, of course, is very much top of mind as he you know he's only passed away the last uh, little while. Um, but just on that note, um, I was speaking with Ethna Heffernan last night, and of course, there's the big St. Patrick's Day Mass, which is happening. Uh, this time next week. So it's on St. Patrick's Day itself on the Saturday morning at the Cathedral at St. Michael's um, at 1030. And that Mass is actually going to be dedicated to Father Jerry, which I think is a really nice way to, you know, continue to honor his memory and what he's done for the Irish community. Um, And the other good news about that Mass is that uh, there's going to be two lovely traditional Irish singers coming over from Ireland. Uh, One of them, she sang at the Mass last year, her name is uh, Sybil uh, Nicassidy, and uh, she's just on her way over from Vienna where she performed with the Vienna Boys Choir and an up-and-coming singer uh, from Italy called Andrea Bocelli. 
So I think we'll be in great company. So anyone that's around, uh, definitely, I would say to you'll be in for a treat if you're going to that mass, uh, which I said, you know, obviously honoring St. Patrick, but also honoring uh, our beloved Father Jerry, who was such a big part of the club. Um, but, you know, the 50th celebration is going to be a great opportunity for for us to celebrate and have a great night and, you know, honor all those friendships and memories and all the good things that came out of the club. And we're looking forward to celebrating it with, with the broader community community at large. Uh, of course, it's on May the 12th. It's going to be at Latreport Banquet Hall. Um, the tickets are $125, um, but that includes an open bar, which means that, you know, once you arrive, you don't need to put your hand in your pocket again. Uh, all your drinks and a lovely four-course meal and great entertainment and really a reunion of all those friendships is what we're most looking forward to. Um, so just on that, I think we'll play another tune. So I've tried to do a county link here. So we have a lovely Mayo tune coming up here now. Barman's calling, time gentlemen please At a dark corner table, he seemed ill at ease His face told the story, his eyes would betray He said, friend, are you going my way? An old faded picture he kept in his coat It came with a letter that his mother wrote Taken at Easter 1963 He said everyone's there except me Mayo will always be home No matter wherever I roam Although we're divided by land and by sea Mayo will always be home to me Island, raised on the shore He talked of the sun And the cloud on Sleeve Moor Barely a man When he left behind Someone who still crosses his mind He said they're all gone now There's nobody home His mother saw 90 She died all alone Time wasn't in it To bid her goodbye how it hurt to see this old man cry Mayo will always be home No matter wherever I roam Although we're divided by land and by sea Mayo will always be home to me This old man and me We stopped by the old home One last time to see The house and the garden The open half door And he said As we stood on the shore Mayo will always be home No matter wherever I roam Although we're divided By land and by sea Mayo will always be home Mayo will always be home No matter wherever I roam Although we're divided By land and by sea Mayo will 
When you think of Irish tradition, what comes to mind? Live music, great hospitality, and a pub atmosphere of laughter and song imported from the Emerald Isle itself. And one of Ireland's greatest imports is the Keane family, serving up the finest fare and crack this side of County Galway since 1991 at the Galway Arms. The family-owned pub has been charming patrons since, well, last century, and as a result attracts some of the GTA's greatest Irish characters. Known far and wide for its chef-designed menu and traditional Irish music, it's also Toronto's home of Gaelic games live from Ireland on the big screens. You can like them on Facebook and you're sure to like them in person. Visit thegalwayarms.ca to view daily specials. The Galway Arms, your home away from home and not too far from home at 838 the Queensway in Etobicoke. Call 416-251-0096. Make a date and make it for the Galway Arms. Great stuff. And so we're uh, back in studio there, and I was having a quick chat with uh, Mike Keane uh, from the Galway Arms, and he wanted us to share that uh, after the parade on Sunday, uh, they're going to have live entertainment with the Matt Morgan Band. Uh, and I can tell you, I saw them there last year on St. Patrick's Day, and they're fantastic. So anyone out in the West End, I definitely recommend the Galway as a pop, uh, spot to pop down to. And they're also going to have Irish dancers. Um, so it should be a great night there uh, Sunday after the parade. We're going to do the uh, community calendar of events. And of course, because it's March, there's lots on the go. Um, Just a quick shout out for the Celtic Canada magazine. It's out now. Uh, And of course, a big feature about St. Pat's and the 50th in that, which is great to see. And of course, featuring the Irish person of the year, uh, Patty Canavan. Um, Maureen's Irish dancing is on the go, of course. Mondays um, at the uh, Irish Supporters Club in Mississauga. Tuesdays, they have set dancing in uh, Corktown Irish Pub in Hamilton. And Wednesdays at the Emerald Isle Senior Center. Thursdays, they have classes at All Saints High School in Whitby. Um, of course, the big event coming up tomorrow is the St. Patrick's Day Parade, um, which is going to be a great event, and uh, it's always very, very enjoyable. Um, that's going to be the usual route, and it'll be starting at 12 noon. Anyone who's actually participating in the parade would want to be there probably about half 11, and certainly anyone who's welcome with St. Pat's, we expect to see you there around that time. Lots on the go, of course, next Saturday with it being St. Patrick's Day. Um, there's a, going to be a St. Patrick's Day Cayley um, on from 8 o'clock, and that's going to be at the Royal Canadian Legion, 3591 Dundas Street West. Um, and there's, tickets are $15, and there's going to be a cash bar. Ooh, and I'm told that there's going to be some Barry's Irish tea as well, which is uh, always a bonus. Uh, the music is going to be by uh, Pat Simmons and the Cabbage Town Cayley Band. For more information, you can contact Geraldine at 416-573-1205. Also on the 17th, uh, the Wolf Tones are going to be in town. No doubt that'll be a great night. Uh, That's going to be taking place at the Estonian Hall, 958 Broadview Avenue. Tickets are $45 and the doors open at 7 o'clock. You can call 416-402-3729 for tickets. Um, And then there's a dinner and dance and auction at the Royal Canadian Legion. And that's going to be from 5 to 12. Uh, Dancing and live music, uh, that's going to be in uh, Burlington. And so you can reserve your tables by calling 905-639-6400. There's also going to be the Easter commemoration, uh, which is going to be celebrated on Easter Saturday, which is March 31st. Uh, That's going to be a dinner at the Hot House uh, restaurant. Uh, tickets for that are going to be $60. 
And the special guest is Senator Niall O'Donnelly, who is the former mayor of Belfast. And for tickets, you can call 416-402-3729. And of course, as we've been talking about all day, we're... um, Final uh, add on the uh, community calendar of events is the St. Pat's 50th celebration, which is going to be Saturday, May the 12th at the Trayport Banquet Centre. Entertainment by the O'Deadleys and Hugo Strani. And of course, for tickets, you can contact Lorraine at 416-997-9227. And that's the community of events. So uh, just before we wrap up here, we'll play one, uh, one last song, which is the Joyce Country Kaylee Band. Joyce Country Kaylee Band. folks so uh, we're nearly at the top of the hour and time does fly when you're having fun Uh, I just wanted to thank my uh, special guests in studios uh, Dermot Coleman and dad or John I suppose we should call you Um, I know that we've had a couple of messages come in people listening and you know looking forward to uh, celebrating with us on the 12th Uh, Coleman had a really great point you know it is a special landmark and not every club was able to hit 50 years and certainly we'd like to extend that invitation you know to those clubs that uh, maybe aren't here 
here anymore or whose members folded into into St. Pat's, you know, really an occasion like this is a great uh, opportunity for reunion of those uh, friendships and rivalries, whatever they may be. Um, and, you know, certainly hi to a lot of the people who've, you know, helped keep Pat's on the go. The likes, you know, Eddie Nevin, I know that you were getting a few stories from him this week and uh, Mick Casey. So, you know, looking forward to seeing all those familiar faces on the 12th. Um, and I just wanted to finish off by wishing everybody a very, very happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm sure we'll all be out celebrating and um, being proud to be Irish. Lots of green on the go. Um, and certainly want to wish everyone a very great day tomorrow at the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And on a final note, wishing Team Ireland all the best as we go for the Grand Slam next Saturday as well. And with that, we'll finish off with Ireland's call. Have a great afternoon, everyone. for our Irish community can be heard every Saturday from 11.